0: We don't want to write too, give too much away in our blog post because, you know, then we're giving away our, our IP and our secret source. Mm. How do you answer that?
1: Uh, if you're being brutal, and I'm going to look into the camera for this one, what you do is probably not that unique. <laughs> like, you're not that special.
0: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first on episode 107 of the WP Elevation podcast with our feature guest, Mike Killen, who is a coach here at WP Elevation and has his own business, Sell Your Service, based in Devon, in the UK. We talk about marketing funnels. We talk about lead gen. We're giving away a copy of Russell Brunson's fabulous book, Dotcom Secrets. And we live streamed this entire podcast directly into Facebook as we recorded it. It's lots of fun. I hope you can stay with us.
1: This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants
0: elevate. This episode of the WP Elevation Podcast is brought to you by WP Elevation, the world's largest business community for WordPress consultants, We have over 500 active members in our program right now and an amazing six-week course called the WP Elevation Blueprint, which teaches you everything you need to know to run a successful WordPress consulting business based on my over eight years' experience of running a WordPress agency. Our three coaches, Kath Beaton from Sydney, Christina Romero from the US and Mike Killen from the UK also bring their experience and expertise to the program. And of course, having interviewed over a hundred of the top WordPress agencies and freelancers from all over the world, we've brought everything we know together into one beautiful little package called WP Elevation. And my question for you is this, if there is one thing you would like to know about what goes on inside WP Elevation, please let us know on the podcast and uh, we will do our best to answer any questions you have. Right now, let's get into this episode of the WP Elevation podcast. G'day Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and welcome to episode 107 of the WP Elevation podcast. We are live streaming this podcast episode directly into Facebook and our feature guest this week all the way from Devon in the UK is my good friend Mike Killen. Hey Mike how you doing? I'm good buddy how you doing? Awesome thank you very much for joining us on the show. Um, Thank you for having me. No worries pleasure man. Now what time is it where you are? It is 12 minutes past 10 p.m. P.m. on Monday night. Monday night. There we go. Excellent. Excellent. Good, good. Um, now, stay with us because we are giving away a prize as per usual at the uh, towards the end of this episode. We're going to ask you to leave us a comment and answer a question and enter the draw to win a prize. What's the prize we're giving away this week, Mike? The prize is—it's nothing to do with me particularly. It's just two
1: things I've found very useful. Um, I was like, oh, I could plug something of mine, but I was like, oh, I don't really have anything kind of focused towards this. And if we're talking about marketing automation and marketing funnels, Something that really helped me is um, Russell Brunson's book, uh, Dotcom Secrets. So I'll be giving one of those away. And also uh, one of the Code and Quill Notebooks, um, which I'm a big fan of. We've got like we've gone through like tons of them now. Um, so one of those to draw out your little marketing funnels and take your notes as well.
0: Awesome, sweet, sweet, sweet. All right, uh, we're going to talk about marketing funnels. We're going to talk about WordPress. We're going to talk about WP Elevation, and we're probably going to talk about meat pies as well. I don't know why, sure. just for the hell of it. Um, of them, you, did you have a meat pie recently when you were out here in Australia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think awesome.
1: someone. I think we were, we were told to get one. I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, look, for those that don't know you, um, let's uh, let's get into this. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? This is
1: totally our left field. I, of all things, wanted to be a paleontologist. A paleontologist? Um, yeah. Wow. Um, which is basically, I was obsessed with dinosaurs like every kid, but it probably carried through until I was about 18 to the point where I had taken archaeology and paleobiology at college And I was that close to applying at uni. Like I was, I was going through the interview process and someone took me aside and said, Mike, there is no money in this field. And I was like, "Ah, I kind of want to make some money. Um, and like, even now if Jurassic park was real and those films were documentaries, no amount of bad press would have stopped me from working with them. I'd be like, that's fine. I can deal with that. Wow. Yeah, so um, I then just took a year off, but that's basically what I wanted to be.
0: Wow. Yeah. And so that just came out of like some childhood obsession with dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, But it was, it was about like understanding. I was just fascinated with the idea that you could learn something from something that was millions of years, I mean, before even humans were even close to knocking around, yes. that to me, that, that idea just blew my mind that you could learn about something that old.
0: What does a paleontologist actually do? Do you like go so, out in the field and dig dirt and try and find bones and stuff?
1: Yeah, basically, but it's focused, whereas an archaeologist is more, and I'm, uh, this might be wrong, it's been years since I've done it. An archaeologist is more buildings and foundations and settlements, a paleontologist is more actually like the animals that were around. Um, and looking at the biology of it and stuff. Yeah, gotcha. so just
0: digging up dirt. Wow, cool.
1: I like cargo pants. That was the right. thing
0: <laughs> with lots of pockets and utility belts.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah.
0: Um. And so you, did, so you went to you, in, you applied to do this at college. You said,
1: yeah, yeah. It was, it was no, to the, at university. So this was going to be right. my gr- degree and career. And uh, right. I managed to get into a place uh, in Bristol in the UK, which is a pretty good school, pretty good uni. Uh, and it was literally at the last minute someone took me aside and said look there's no money in it and I suppose that showed an early tendency I was like oh maybe I don't want to do it then yeah um so yeah and basically I took a year off from then and was like well what do
0: I want to do you know and now you grew up in New Zealand am I right is that is that right no
1: no no, we got so I'm half I'm half Kiwi and we spend a ton of time out there um like kids and teenagers and stuff um but no I wasn't born out there although depending on now that I'm not single, but depending on who I was talking to at a bar when I was single, maybe I was born
0: there. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so when did you discover the internet? How, how how old were you? What was going on in your life when you first discovered the internet?
1: I think I think my stepfather must have bought home like a PC and he was like, here, here you go, knock yourself out. And I was kind of tapping away on it. And I was trying to remember the name. It used to be like an old website builder that was in flash. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and almost immediately I was like, yeah, in flash, right. I was like, I mean, so I must've been nine, 10, something like that. I don't know. We still lived in London at the time. So it was a long time ago. Um, and I kind of felt, well, other people are doing this stuff. I'll see what I can do. Um, And yeah, very quickly it progressed. In fact, at secondary school, which is kind of around the age of, what are you, like 15, 16 in the UK, um, was when I really got heavily into things like coding and networking and stuff. And for a school project, I wrote about how you could hack or break into a school's database system and start looking at the records. And I didn't do it to be malicious, um, but we were, I was then banned from using schools within like my county, Uh, sorry, banned from from using computers within my county, I didn't. wasn't doing it to be malicious. I was just like, "Well, it seems like I can do this." Um, I didn't really kind of get why that was such a big deal. If it was unsecure, then surely that's their problem. Um, so yeah, it was about a few years ago now, ten years old maybe.
0: So you became a, uh, a security threat accidentally just from a paper that almost you almost
1: immediately. Yeah, oh, almost, almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. So that's there great.
0: You go. Uh, when did you? When did you remember the first time you saw the WordPress dashboard?
1: Yeah. No, this is really clear. If I was, so my, uh, I've got a guy I work with a guy called Mike Mertens who's based in the UK. He's just down the road from me actually. And he is, um, from the old school German like networking. So he was right there at like the start of real proper networks and stuff. Um, during the East West German divide, and he does all my hosting and all this kind of stuff. And he said, Oh Mike, if you're building these websites, maybe stop thinking about doing them from scratch. There's this thing called WordPress you should have a look at it. I was like, ah, what do you know? You know, but sure enough, uh, he then said, look, just let me install it for you. And I was like, well, I'll humor him, you know, and started playing around with it. So that was 2012. And I was like, this is mental. And then I was like, well, I'll look at the code because if it's free, it can't be that great. And I was like, geez, this is awesome. This is like super easy to do what I want with. And then it just cut, Cause I remember building a, a content management system. Um, And thinking, well, it needs to be what I've built for it to work. And almost immediately, I was like deleting all my old stuff. I was like, this is garbage. I I just want to install two plugins and start building sites, basically. So, yeah, 2012. And from then, it's been difficult to get me on anything else now, you know.
0: Yeah, it's a very familiar story. Um, And so, when you first started building sites, were you uh, building sites for your own projects and your own hobbies to start with?
1: No, actually, quite the opposite. I was... Basically, I was made redundant at about the age of 23 from quite a cushy corporate marketing job. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, I, I really briefly, after I was made redundant, I basically went mental and took all my spare money and took my brothers out to Vegas um, <laughs> and like lost everything uh, and came back with like my last, I don't know, £1,000 or something and had to sort of crawl home with my tail between my legs. And I thought, well, I did marketing... I guess I could just sell marketing to people. Right. And part of that was a website. And I was like, I don't know. Cause I'd always had vendors build them for me. You know, I'd had suppliers build mm. the sites for me. Mm. Um, and I was like, well, I can do this. this is easy enough. Um, and so, yeah, we just pretty much started doing small business, small businesses straight away. No niche, nothing. I, I basically went to a, Local chamber of commerce and said, "My name's Mike. I'm under the age of fifty. Unlike everyone in this room, I can build you websites. What do you want to do?" And that's kind of how it started, really.
0: Wow, awesome! Um, I like the fact that <laughs> I'd we could spend a whole episode doing the uh, Vegas story. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like the fact that you said that. I like the fact that you're you call yourself a marketer, and that building a website was just a part of what you do as a marketer rather than yeah. it, it be the sum total of what you do
1: mm. yeah i i don't know if that half of that was me not believing that i could call myself it's funny because a lot of the guys on wp elevation they say i can't call myself a marketer but i was like i'm going to call myself a marketer because i don't have the skills or brains to call myself a developer or a designer mm. so i'll call myself a marketer and that will sort of negate the fact that the websites are a bit rough mm. but also i knew that to me it, but maybe because I was such from a, such a heavy marketing background, the website was one of the tools you used to do that those stages, you know. And I always got that, um, which I think is what kind of helped me accelerate um, some of my projects because I was insistent that we looked at other stuff. I insisted we looked at email and social and SEO and content alongside the website, you know.
0: Cool. And um, h- how do you describe thinking about um, and so so you built. You built Devon Digital, uh, the agency. Yeah. How do you describe um, – we'll talk a little bit more about what you're working on uh, now yeah, in, in, in a moment. But thinking about the web agency, how did you describe what you do in one sentence? Did you have an elevator pitch?
1: Yeah, we did. We, we basically ended up going down – to me, more businesses became aware that they had or wanted a WordPress website. So I just said that we were the UK's number one WordPress lead generation agency. Um and I think it, it must have, I think it was something that you spoke about. In fact, it might have even been around the time when we did the masterclass in Thailand. Mm. You were talking about, we, we were all kind of talking about, well, how do we do this and do that? And I was like, well, I'm going to be, become the number one WordPress lead generation agency. And it was almost irrelevant that no one else wanted to do it. In fact, that was kind of advantageous. No one else wanted to call themselves that. Mm. As soon as you had a WordPress site and you knew you wanted more leads, all of a sudden we were the guys who were, you know, ranking yeah, yeah. for that. So it was yeah. very specific, but then I, I was, I didn't want loads of stuff. I only wanted like a couple of projects a month, you know?
0: Yeah. And why lead generation? What, 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 a, what appeals to you about lead gen? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think it's because
1: it's always the part that people ignore. It's, the, it's, the, it's vital to a business, I think. And I think if you understand lead generation, it's not just from what we would call greenfield leads, so people who are out there who have no idea you exist, but it's also about generating leads from your current customers. So it's about sparking that initial interest and in conversation. And that was just something we naturally found ourselves quite good at. I guess I'd started there really early on in my career, and I never found it that difficult. I was always like, well, just ask them what their problems are if you put something useful in front of them and say hey if you like this you'll love this that that's well that's lead generation 101 really it doesn't matter what the product is in the end um, and so yeah and i, I it was just a low hanging fruit as well businesses if you say to businesses do you want more leads no one's going to say no everyone mm. says yes you know
0: mm. and do you think um do you think a lot of agencies or developers or technical even designers do you think they shy away from lead gen because it because it seems a bit market-ish or a bit sales-ish?
1: Yeah, yeah. And lead generation's had a really bad rap because you have call centres with people just constantly dialing out. You have cold calling, um, you have cold emailing and there's uh, loads of people call that lead generation and it has had a real bad rap. So part of me realised that, oh, well, there's a gap there because a lot of website businesses don't want to do that. And I was always quite keen to do something that other people don't want to do. But the more I've done it, and the more I've seen other elevators push forward and some of my colleagues and other businesses, lead generation is not, you could call it email list building, you could call it data collection, you could call it uh, customer conversion. It's all it is, is can you get some kind of contact information from someone uh, that you can have a conversation with later? You don't have to market to them later, you don't have to sell to them. Do you wanna have more conversations with more people? And that was kind of you know the, the angle that we took really.
0: It's a bit like, uh, you know, telling a girl in a bar that you're born in New Zealand.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, it's massaging the truth. And if you kind of hold your hand over your mouth and mumble a bit, and just of no, I'm in New Zealand, and they go, oh, wow, they make that conclusion. That's that's on them.
0: Uh, Excellent. I love it. Um, What do you – okay, thinking about what you do today, we should probably – you know, let the cat out of the bag, shouldn't we? You you are actually one of the coaches now at WP Elevation. It's one of the things that you do. What else do you do? What do you spend most of your time actually doing day to day? What does an average day look like today for Mike Killen?
1: So average day, there are basically two things that I try to do every day. First of all, I try and do at least one thing that promotes the business. So that might be writing a sales letter. That might be something dumb like tagging someone in a tweet and say, hey, we've mentioned you in our blog. Just at least one action, be it small or writing out an email is just something that is promoting the business. And currently what we're doing at the business Sell Your Service, which is where we're more going towards, is we help write content and sales letters and marketing funnels and stuff uh we've got a course and stuff coming out for how to build those kind of marketing funnels so that's what i'm trying to do that's on one side but the other side is i basically want to become the least valuable member of my team which sounds counterintuitive to a lot of people i want to be way 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 down the line before people need to email me i i want to be I want to have people who are much, much smarter than me talking to customers who are better with customers, talking to customers on want people who are better with content, writing content. Um, So my job now is to try and remove myself from as much of the business as possible, even to the point where like training staff, we've now got we've taken on a new VA and one of her jobs is to read one book a week, which she thinks is a pretty good gig. And it's basically, can you summarize those three points and write it in an email to the other members of the team, be it on whatever, project management, whatever. But I haven't touched that. I just say, I give here's the money um, to do that. So, yeah, it's, it's trying to make myself least less valuable in the team, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, it's interesting, uh, mm. I took four weeks off recently and went to the States and, you know, kind of the whole time I was there, I was expecting the sky to fall in. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's funny, I came back and as you know, because you're part of our team now, I came back and everyone's like, oh, were you you gone, were
1: you? (laughs) It's fine. You
0: can go again if you like, it's fine. We don't really need you. Um, In fact, yesterday in Slack, I chimed into the the blog, um, the attendance channel in Slack and I said, does anyone need anything from me? Cricket. No one said yeah. anything. It's like, right. no, nah, we don't need right. you at all. I'm like, great, fabulous. Right. My work here is done. Um, and also, and so, so t- t- before we talk about you roll at WP Elevation, let's talk about the marketing mm. funnel stuff. Who's your Who's your typical Who's your ideal client for a marketing funnel gig?
1: All right. Okay. So my ideal client for a marketing funnel is someone. Let's get super specific. It really annoys me when people go, "Oh, we've got a niche." I go, "Okay, who's your target niche?" And I'll say, "It's anybody." So i've got quite a specific one uh they have to have turnover of at least a hundred thousand us dollars a year they have to have at least a thousand people in their email database they have to have at least uh roughly an average con- an average um product of a thousand dollars they're typically membership or themselves are recurring revenue star businesses mm-hmm. that's quite broad i've noticed um they have to um be willing to Pretty much listen to how I'm going to tell them to do the site and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to be able to talk to their director or decision maker. I don't work with project managers or anything like that. Um, they're pretty much global. We don't do B2C, we only do B2B. So, business to business, other businesses like that. I'm trying to think of the other kind of avatar things that we've got, but it's a pretty narrow list. Mm. But as soon as I start using those kind of words, it's very easy to find people, I've noticed. And
0: what what, what, sort of, what problem are they looking to solve? What um, Why are they looking to uh, use a marketing funnel? And do they even know what a marketing funnel is? Are they, like, are they coming to you asking for marketing funnels or are they coming to you with other problems that you solve by using a marketing funnel?
1: Yeah, and this is, I mean, we haven't perfected this, which I know is ironic because we're supposed to be the, the, the content guys. But at its core, we don't sell marketing funnels. What we actually give people is they can generate sales on automation while they're doing something else. When you're talking to a big customer, would you have rather have your other customers being nurtured at the same time? If you're working on a project, would you like to be making sales in the background on automation? Um, And I think the biggest thing at the moment, and I'm I'm seeing this more and more and more, and I'm sure we're going to come up, this is going to be our value statement at some point is the ability for the business to cover their regular costs with marketing automation sales in the background. So those break even, so that their main project costs become the profit. Their their business operating costs don't eat into the profit. Um, and that's, that's across tons of different industries that we've worked in, insurance companies in the States in particular. Um, it's basically about automating their sales uh, so that while they're doing other stuff, their sales are being taken care of, you know.
0: Cool, I like it. Um, and what's the one thing that keeps you awake at night about the business
1: um, it's actually this might sound really arrogant it's nothing particularly the going wrong that i think ah oh, this is really stressing me out the thing that keeps me up is i have like stuff that i want to get done mm-hmm. and it really winds me up i'm like ah oh, i'm so close to writing this sales letter i'm so close to finishing this email campaign or if i have an idea for a lead magnet or something like i'll need to get it out of my system i need to write it down um, my, in fact, my biggest fear is thinking of something that's brilliant and forgetting it the next day. Yeah. So I at least have to write it down. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> nice one. Uh, all right. And um, so let's talk quickly about your role at WP Elevation for some that don't yeah. know. Um, WP Elevation is a business training program for WordPress consultants. And Mike came on as a, uh, in a in a sort of a part-time capacity as a coach. When did that happen? Was it? April? April? April this year. Uh, yeah. No,
1: I think it might have been a bit before that. But yeah, I think it was right. like officially announced around April. Yeah.
0: Right. And uh, what do you do at WP Elevation? <laughs> uh, basically, I have no idea. I have no idea what well, you do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> my, my job is to listen to the trillion and one ideas that you put forward oh. and think, I don't know how I'm going to do any of this. Right. Um, no, so I am based in the UK and Europe and the the coach's role in general is to give more specific guidance on some of the areas of expertise that we give and also within those geographies i think we found that you being based in oz you had customers and, and elevators and members all around the world but we were like well we want to do something at 10 a.m mm. you know england time we want to do something at 10 a.m uh, america time so mm. let's first of all take care of that but also the coaches have got very separate individual ideas and strengths and skills so it's Our job to kind of talk people through who are going through outside of the blueprint after they've made their WordPress business uh, more profitable uh, and more productive. What's the next stages? The coaches are probably going to be the ones who are going to take them through that process. So we create webinars, we create courses, we write blog content. Um, It's all about kind of giving to those members, you know.
0: Awesome. And, um, yeah, the, the time zone thing I think is important to reiterate because we had, you know, when I, when, when it was just me running the coaching calls, we had Europeans kind of and and our UK counterparts sitting up till 10, 11 midnight at night yeah. just to get on those calls. So now you guys run coaching calls, live coaching calls at 10am local time so yeah. that we can increase engagement, um, uh, around, uh, you know, across our students, right, 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 right across the different, um, geographic regions. Um, mm-hmm what's been i'm just going to throw you in the hot seat here what's been one of the what's been one of the things that you've learned as being a coach at wp elevation that you kind of weren't expecting
1: oh that's a good one i think Well, the thing that jumps out immediately is how many people have the same three or four basic problems (laughs) it's to the point where i was like i must have asked these questions myself at some point yeah yeah and it, it is the, it is the it is the same questions every single time and that's fine and that that is fine and that's important i think for people to know but i think it's also important to know that whatever you're asking i guarantee that the current 500 members or whatever it is, or all of the WP Elevation staff, yeah. we've probably experienced it or at least written about it.
0: Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> you
1: know?
0: Yeah. I know it's 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 fascinating, isn't it? Because I forget when we get a whole new cohort of students come through, I forget that they haven't been through the blueprint. And I'm like, yeah. really? Haven't we talked about this already? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I forget they're new. And, uh, yeah, and it is the same. What what are What are some of those really typical questions that keep coming up?
1: Uh, how do I get more leads? Yeah. How do I start charging more for websites? What's the best page builder to use? Yeah. Should I install should I install Yoast on my website? Yeah. Over and over and over again. Yeah, Those yeah. Are the because what happens? I mean it's it's awesome because when the, this new influx of members comes in, and I, I'm sure you must have seen this, the, the there is a palpable energy from the Facebook group and from the website, and it's mad, right? And when people start going through the blueprint, they're thinking, This is is not almost not what I was expecting. I was expecting Mm. how to build better websites, but it's about how to build a business. Mm. And when we kind of say to them, like the biggest takeaway for me when I joined in 2012, something like that was, Oh Mike, you can use the same theme and the same plugins for each website. I was like, Oh my God, I can, Like I don't have to buy and source a new theme every single time. But now when I go back through the forums and through the Facebook groups, other people have those things. And that to me is, one, kind of amazing, but it's because the blueprint kind of goes through these fundamental shifts in the way people think about their business. Mm. They then become kind of overexcited and they're like, I need to know everything about running a WordPress business, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of exciting to me.
0: Yeah, cool. And um, you you also have another role at WP Elevation as well, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm your therapist. That's what I am Yeah.
0: No, I'm, no, I'm the – right.
1: i don't i I guess content marketer but it's there's people who are better at content than me my job more than anything is to focus on top-end growth at wp elevation so to find and source more people out there who don't know that we exist and help them understand how much value we can add to their business so i'm not personally in my role concerned too much with the members under, un, on the underside christina is kind of this community manager she's awesome that was uh, jin's role and jin is now kind of floating between the, the content in the middle but it's my job to go out and find more people that don't know that we exist and show them who we are and help them like us and help them understand what we do uh, and yeah gr- grow um that community of people who haven't yet converted into members mm. so yeah purely focused on growth Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. All the fun stuff. Um, I've yeah. been reading a bunch of growth hacking books, actually, over there and uh, I, I was going to give you a list of a couple of them and ask you if you have read them. If not, I was going to gift them to you in um, Amazon. Do you have an Amazon Kindle or a, or a Kindle reader? Yeah, I got a yeah, Kindle. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I got a Kindle. Um, there's a couple. There's a, I'm reading Ryan uh, Ryan Holiday's book at the moment um, on growth hacking, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um so I'll uh, I'll Make share I'll share some resources. I might even put some resources under this uh, under this video as well on Facebook. I'll share yeah, and also in the show notes I'll share some resources of some books that I'm reading at the moment about growth hacking. There's some great stories like from Dropbox yeah. and Hotmail and Airbnb and all these companies yeah. that have grown rapidly without spending money yeah. on traditional advertising. So um, yeah. yeah, really interesting. Um hey, what do you do when you're not working?
1: Uh uh, so if I'm being honest, I was trying to think of like a yeah no, I do triathlons and stuff. <laughs> I don't do anything. That you are
0: you are a I'm bit off. of you are a bit of bi- you are a bit of the bear grills. There, there's a bit of the bear grills in you, isn't there though? You,
1: yeah, so there is. So so you know, for anyone in, I, I actually do do triathlons and and stuff like that, but that's more from my girlfriend who I met, who's like hardcore into running. She's a sports therapist. She used to be the sports therapist for our, our local um, championship rugby team and stuff. And she said, Mike, you can go out with me, but you've one got to stop smoking and two, you've got to do something active. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll go running. Um, but I actually, um, I'm a big fan of um, video games. and I think they get a massive, the, the way that people are playing video games is changing. It's now not just, people like me with skin problems sat in a basement playing Nintendo, you know, there's um, they're really, really changing the way that people interact with each other across enormous distances. And I think that's quite exciting. Um, but yeah, we do, we are training, we're training for a couple of marathons and stuff, but we've been really badly injured. We've had a really rough. Oh, of it. No. But I live right on this. Yeah. It's kind of sucks, but I live right on the ocean. So whenever, whenever I decide it, basically, I suppose I should say whenever it's quiet, but sometimes that's not true. I'll go and have a surf. That's right. kind of that's kind of what I want to do. You know, more. in the
0: UK, more. do you have to wear like three wetsuits to, to get a <laughs> three,
1: three wetsuits <laughs> bubble hat? You know, um, yeah. yeah, the whole the whole nine yards. Actually, in, that, in the summer it's not too, in the summer it's not too bad. Um, it can get quite quite cold, but the winter is actually the best surf in my opinion in the UK. Wow! So yeah, I'm happy to put on like a, a you know a thermal bill,
0: thermal suit. Yeah. <laughs> basically so, wear it like this. Yeah, yeah, Michelin yeah, Man style. Wade, yeah. yeah,
1: wading into the water.
0: <laughs> ah, yeah. uh, fantastic. Um, <clears throat> hey, let's talk about marketing funnels. <clears throat> if I'm if I'm a complete, you know, dinosaur and I know nothing about the internet, which is pretty true actually, um, and I came to you and said, hey, Mike, I want to set up a marketing funnel, and you've got about 30 seconds to teach me what a marketing funnel is, what, what, what are the bare bones? What's like the anatomy of a marketing funnel? What, what are like the... the first three things that i need to set up
1: yeah okay so first of all are you willing to create and work hard on some content that is going to go public are you willing to actually have something to say i can't create leads out of thin air so assuming that it's a partnership between you or me or if there's people out there who want to do wordpress marketing funnels or whatever yeah first of all do you and are you willing to sit down and either pay or create content that is out there. That's the first thing because you can't convert anyone unless you've got something to say, right? People talk about you know, opt-in forms and landing pages and remarketing, it starts with content. If you're not willing to do that, pack up your stuff, go home, there's no point. My second point would be, um, are you willing to exhaust your promotion options? So that's the next thing. People kind of think, well, I've written these, I write blog posts every week and I don't get any traffic. Awesome. So, t- take me through how you promote it. You go, know, I tweet it a couple of times. I'm like, okay, well, unless you've got 18 million followers, that's probably not gonna, probably not gonna do anything. Um, because you, you can then just get into the mechanics and you say, okay, well, if you've got all these people at the top who don't know that you exist in Facebook and SEO and PPC and all that kind of stuff, and you're driving them back to your blog post, if that was a regular event, if you were doing that in front of that many people, and you were talking that same script through that same blog post what would you want the next thing to be like well if we said that okay so i'll say this now i guarantee i know the answer already you go to an event you're in front of those same people and you're basically talking through the blog post what would you then hope happens if you wanted leads and customers out of it
0: Yeah, what would, would you say i would hope that they would come up to me with a business card afterwards and say can we work together Yeah. So
1: would they give you some kind of contact information for you to follow up with? And that's as complicated as it gets. Mm. Like at absolute minimum, are you then able to make it easy for people to contact you? And that is with forms to say, hey, we'll contact you, you know pop in your email address and we'll contact you and then you can start getting clever with newsletters and email marketing automation and all this kind of stuff but people try and solve that part of the funnel problem first i think because it's relatively easy to up with plugins and you can be very clever but the top part if you're not willing to produce content and if you're not willing to promote it and if you're not willing to try and capture um information to be able to talk to people there's no point you could have the world's most sophisticated um engagement software in the world on the back end, but it doesn't matter if you're not willing to do the first three things, you know?
0: Mm. And so content talk about content for a second, because you know, content's this overused word. I actually think yeah. there's too much content on the internet and most of it's rubbish. Yeah. Um, h- how do you create what, what, are, what are like the – what's the, the secret or the, the keys to creating content that people actually want to seek out and want to share? I mean, and you and I are going through this process right now at WP Elevation yeah. trying to up our game. But w- w- why do you think most content is, is crap and, and, un- and unengaging and doesn't actually generate leads?
1: Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of, for some reason, we've, we've got into this habit where we have to produce one piece of content a week. That's the, that's the status quo, mm. and that's what everyone does because apparently that does something for search engines and you'll get mountains of traffic, and all the content machine guys will tell you that. And that's, to some extent, true. You need to create fresh stuff. But if you look at any other um, thing that your business does at all, you don't do it in the same way that you're told to create content. If you were told to create a new product every week, so if we took the idea of a product or a service, which is something that's useful, something that you can deliver and something that people want, right? And you go, okay, well, I'm going to create that product, but next week I'm going to create a new one. And the week after I'm going to create a new one and another one, but you're not spending any time promoting it. You don't bother with that at all. Like you spend so much time and energy doing this busy work of creating products which in my opinion is how people treat content as well. If it's not genuinely useful and I mean, seriously useful, cause we then have a lot of people. We say, we're going to be emailing these people three times a day. Like, Whoa, that's too much. That, that's considered spam, right? Mm. But if it's one piece and it's not good enough to be sent, isn't that considered spam? Like if I could send emails and my customers knew that it was at least worth $1 to them opening up their get the equivalent of a dollar, they would, wait, they would eagerly wait for those emails to come through. If it's just one a month and it's bad, mm. then they'll go, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm uninterested in this. Mm. So I'd way rather have one solid, brilliant piece of genuinely useful content. It's typically what do people ask you? Uh, what's the most commonly asked question? And talk about that as much as possible. But then spend 10 times as long promoting it whatever one per whatever one thing you produce if it takes an hour spend 10 hours trying to promote it that's what i would do there is yeah. too much content you're right and i hate the word content as well
0: yeah so do i it's um it's as boring as batshit isn't it because most content yeah. is as boring as batshit um yeah. i'm trying to find a freaking pen here that works um I love, I love, there's a couple of things I'm going to uh, put under the video uh, and the show notes. I love most, well, just about every one of the blog posts that the guys at Founder um, put out. Yeah. Nathan and the guys here work in this building. <coughs> um, so, and they're really good buddies of mine. Uh, but they, their blog posts are amazing. Uh, mm. I love that. So I'm going to put a link to uh, some of their stuff. I also was reading some Brian Dean, I think, recently. I think it was Brian Dean from back linko uh maybe it wasn't anyway um this uh this guy said um uh don't promote like you're better off you're better off not you're better off putting out one good blog post a month but making it the most useful piece of Media and content that you can put out into your marketplace, and including Absolutely. things like screenshots and downloads and step-by-step how-to processes and video tutorials. Mm-hmm. You're better off putting together yeah. a three or four thousand-word massive how-to guide, and then yeah. spending the rest of the year promoting that. And you know, yeah. it's funny because <clears throat> I was reflecting recently on on how we've grown WP Elevation over the last three years, and in it really started with a presentation I did at WordCamp Melbourne in 2012, yeah. the 101 ways to elevate yourself yeah. and demand higher fees. And that yeah. one presentation became 101 blog posts, 101 yep. episodes of a dedicated podcast, mm. an d- ebook, book 101 YouTube videos. That one piece of content became our yeah. whole content strategy for three years, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. we made We made the content once and then spent three years promoting it. And um, you know, did a whole bunch of other stuff. Published hundreds of other blog posts in the meantime that really didn't get much traction and were kind of nice just to fill up the blog. But if you look at ROI, that one presentation gave us a massive return on investment because we did what you said, which was spend the time promoting it and making it awesome to begin with, making it really, really useful to begin with.
1: What do? What do? There's no other content. Sorry. Go on. There's no other content in the world. Blog posts are unique. In that there's no other content in the world where people say, write more of it. If a book is a be- is a it doesn't sell, they don't say to the author, oh, write another one, and that will sell that one more. <laughs> if they make a, a bad movie, and 2016 has been a terrible year for movies. Mm. If they make, write a bad movie, they don't go, oh, we'll make another one, and that will make the first one better. What they do, and I think there's a couple of movies that have done a really good example of this, they promote the hell out of it. They, they go nuts on promotion, you know? everything else in the world but blog posts seems to follow that rule but yeah.
0: yeah you know yeah um what do you say to people though that are like oh i don't want to give away i i get this all the time we don't want to yeah. give away our <laughs> secret source. we don't you know yeah. we don't want to write to give too much away in our blog post because you know then we're giving away our, our ip and our secret source mm. how do you answer that uh
1: yeah there's kind of two first of all If you're being brutal, and I'm going to look into the camera for this one, what you do is probably not that unique. (laughs) Like You're not that special. I'm really sorry to burst people's bubbles, but when they say, oh, I don't want to give away what we do, you wouldn't be answering that question if that was true. right? Mm. Secondly, the people who really seriously read and consume something where you're giving away massive, massive value and the people who are going to eventually become customers, they're not going to go, ah, I've seen you do this, I'm going to do it. They tend to say, I've seen you do this, can you show me how to do it? And I see that time and time again. If you read my entire website, you'd be able to do my job, I mean, easily. I literally give away everything. Mm. But the point of me having, say, a course, or the products, or the marketing funnels in a box, or whatever, is me saying, I've told you how I do it. Mm. I'm going to show you how you can do it. Mm. And that divide there, that gulf, that's what people pay for. They don't mm. pay for, you know, to cheat and stuff.
0: Yeah. They don't, uh, I- information is is cheap and uh, and, yeah. and plentiful because of the interwebs. Yeah. And the, the reality yeah. is that if you don't give away your how-to, people are going to find how to do it somewhere else and they're going to find it on, on your competitor's blog or your competitor's yeah. YouTube channel or um yeah, preaching of the converted. Um yeah. Hey uh if you could let's do this quickly and then we'll get into our elevation round. Um if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing in the business right now, what would it be?
1: Uh I tell you what I would do. This is a horrible, boring answer. If someone could say to me, Mike, I will give you a solid, qualified lead who wants to hear from you for ten dollars, I would raise ten thousand dollars tomorrow. Like the ability for me to be able to just say because I I actually enjoy lead generation Mm. I think it's what I've built the majority of what I do and my business around and stuff but if someone could say that to me and guarantee it Mm. and I would know that the next day there'd be a thousand people who want to hear from me Mm. hell if it was a hundred dollars a lead and I knew that they wanted to hear from me I would raise the money tomorrow because Mm. that's where the majority of my time goes. The automation process is so slick now Mm. that I'm I slow slow it down and and I have to step away from that sales process now. Mm. Um, Yeah, just so predictability
0: around leads. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it was super boring. But I would, I, I'd, I'd raise a hundred grand tomorrow yeah. if someone could do that.
0: Yeah. Because the problem with the problem with lead gen is that there are people involved, and that's when most things fall down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it yeah. was fine until we introduced the humans into the equation, yeah. and then yeah. things got complicated. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a bit of a catch-22. Well, all right, nice segue. Let's get into our Elevation round. Uh, For those that don't know, WP Elevation is a business accelerator program and a business training course for WordPress consultants. We open again in October, uh, first week of October, so keep your eyes and ears out on the interwebs for that. Um, We do have three intakes a year. um, And so right now what we're going to do is get Coach Mike from WP Elevation to go through uh, our quick questions here in our Elevation round. Are you ready to elevate, Mike? Let's, Let's do, do it. Let's do it. All right. What's the number one thing any freelancer or consultant needs to know?
1: Uh, charge more. Charge more straight away. Double your prices straight away.
0: Yeah, perfect. What's the best thing you've ever done to find new customers?
1: Um, uh, it's actually I've stopped buying into people selling me products that say I can buy new, find new customers. There's, there's tons of stuff, like software and stuff that – People say, if you buy this and you buy this marketing automation software, we'll find you new customers. It's
0: not. Stop buying that. Start
1: talking to people.
0: Mm, good advice. Uh, get out of the building. <laughs> Step away yeah, from the computer. Yeah. 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 Uh, how do you stop competing on price?
1: Uh, charge more than everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Easiest way.
0: Yep. Any tips on writing better proposals?
1: Uh, yeah. You should pretty much be able to sell... Any product on pretty much five bullet points and then expand on that. If you can't write those five bullet points succinctly and for enough someone to go, yes, that sounds like something I want to buy, then don't worry with the rest of the proposal because it won't matter.
0: Cool. I like it. Uh, do you have a favorite tool or system for CRM? Uh, yes, I do actually. Yeah, I
1: actually am a massive fan of MailChimp. It gets a bad rap, but it does everything I need it to do and more. And I think they've invested a lot in their automation. And we use Pro as well, which has got some pretty cool tools.
0: Cool. I've seen Pro. I haven't taken it for a spin. I've avoided that shiny object, but I have seen it. Shiny uh, object, mate. It is. Uh, what's the best way to keep a project and a client on track?
1: Oh, constant communication. Email communi- I, I, I never thought people would pay for accountability, but my customers love it when I email them or send them a little nudge on Facebook saying, have you done this? They love it. And- I never would have thought that. People pay more for that.
0: So chase them. Don't let them chase you. Awesome. Uh, Any ideas for getting referrals from existing customers?
1: Uh, Ask for them, I
0: guess. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's mind-blowing, isn't it? It's It's mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, ask for them. And uh, finally, what's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself?
1: Uh. That's a really good question. I think so. This so going back to the earlier point about price. How do you stop competing on price? I, I I don't like it when people ask me that, like customers and stuff, because old school marketing says there's seven Ps or whatever they are: it's price, promotion, product, people, place, process, and physical evidence. So you've got six other options to separate yourself with. Most people go with um, price Pro. when they're selling a website. You've got six other things to look at. Yeah. You could talk about the ways you do something differently. You've got six other options there. Yeah. So, yeah, look at the other, the other piece of marketing. Yeah. If you're like serious it. about it.
0: That's great. You know. Why do you think people yeah. go for price all the time? Is it just because it's easy? Like I have this yeah. conversation all the time when you're out, right? Yeah. Like when we were in the States recently and walking around mm-hmm. with my wife and it's like, oh, we should, you know, do you want to go and see a show tonight at the uh, Broadway? <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. What's on? Oh, this is on. How much is it? It's like the first question that falls out of your yeah. mouth. I try really hard not to I try yeah. really hard not to say that these days. I try really mm-hmm. hard to look at look at what else is involved in the transaction and try and think about the price as the last thing. why do you think we're hardwired to ask that question first? How much is it gonna so- cost?
1: yeah and this is it basically boils down to these sort of set of lowest common denominators because it's interesting you've done that because i i had a conversation with the guy who does my videos and all my video editing and he said oh it will be you know 150 i try to keep it reasonable and i said i want you to charge what is going to keep you in business because it is more of a ball ache if you go out of business and I have to find someone new. That's right. I would honestly rather you charge me double yeah. if it means that I get to reliably come back to you time after time. Yeah. It's like things with, we bought a mattress recently. You know, like, oh, the best price we can do is, I was like, I, I don't care about the price. I'm buying a 200 grand house for God's sake. Yeah. A, a, a 700 pound mattress is irrelevant. Yeah. Make sure it does what I want and yeah. make sure it's a comfortable night. I don't care about 50 quid 50 quid's irrelevant yeah because it seems to be the easiest thing for us to understand and what i have noticed and if i'm being frank i think our industry is very bad for this is they don't support people who want to start charging more mm. we have this group mentality and we don't want people to break away from the pack and the first people who say you're charging too much is your competitors mm. i'm like shouldn't you be encouraging that if it's such a if it's such a lousy business model mm. encourage me to charge more mm. because if you think I'm going to lose customers then fine that, that benefits you doesn't it mm. but they don't they have this herd pack mentality yeah um so yeah it's, it's lowest common denominator you know? yeah
0: and it's funny because we've had some tradies come around to the house recently we're getting some work done you know at the house just some minor stuff we're getting a new wardrobe put in and some other bits yeah. and bobs and we it's really interesting seeing these guys sit in the lounge room and design you know come in the measure up in the bedroom and then sit in the lounge room and design a wardrobe and and i've been saying well you know what if we want drawers here and, and all of them are like oh no you don't want drawers mate drawers cost too much you just go with you just go with shelves you don't need drawers you know drawers are going to be too expensive and i'm like dude yeah. i want to give you money for drawers. Like, <laughs> yeah yeah i'm yeah. like why are you talk like and the the the, the natural instinct is for them to say oh mate this is gonna this is gonna be expensive this one this is when i is going cost a bit well i know it's gonna cost money that's why you're here yeah. like i'm happy yeah. to pay for good quality but it's this na- i think personally i think it's a Scarcity versus abundance mindset thing, which is a whole other conversation. But um, I think most of us are brought up to believe that money is scarce and that when you yes. get money, you hang on to it because you don't know when yeah. you're going to get the next batch. And um, I know that I've spent years, probably the last five or six years, Unbrainwashing myself to actually yep. believe the truth, which is that the world is abundant, not scarce. So and that's a whole other I agree. Um, yeah. conversation. <laughs> but I'm also going to put a link to a fabulous book uh, in the show notes here called uh, Abundance, which is just a mind-blowingly awesome book. Yep. Um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, hey, what's the future for you? What do you think you're going to be doing in 12 months, two years' time?
1: That is – A good question. So my big focus at the moment is, one, removing myself from as many of the processes in the business as possible and to try to remove myself from exchanging time for money because there's still customers who I work with and it's time for money. Mm. Although it's actually very profitable, Mm. I can only do eight of it a day. Mm. But my second thing as well is, and this is completely outside of WordPress, is I'm wanting to grow more businesses that don't need me and be be, whatever that is it's possible we'll be doing um a restaurant in the next 12 months it's possible that we've also got uh, a couple of investment banks and stuff that we're looking at it's to do with like you say keeping that money but rather than worrying about what i spend it on it's about actually okay well where can i grow it where can that Mm -hmm. money grow um and that's yeah so it's it's beginning to move outside of the wordpress um just that wordpress space
0: yeah Cool. So, so next time I interview you on the podcast, it'll be someone else sitting in the seat acting for Mike Killen because be doing it for me, you, because you've mate. built yeah, yourself out of the business. It yeah. Love it, love it. Um, hey, we should announce the competition. That's right. We are going to give away. Mike yes. is going to give away a copy of um, Dotcom Secrets by Russell Brunson, and also a uh, one of the Code and Quill notebooks. Um, what is the What is the question that you would like people to answer in the comments below this on the Uh, Website. Don't do it on the Facebook live stream, kids, because that won't Mm -hmm. count. You'll have to actually do this on the WP Elevation podcast when we publish it. What's the one question you want them to answer in the comments in order to enter this competition?
1: So if I was in front of this many people live and I had the opportunity for them to write on the blog post about marketing funnels, it would be what is the number one reason or what is your biggest fear or biggest reason for not building a marketing funnel on your own website now like why aren't you doing that um okay. yeah that's that's what i would be i'd want to know and cool. I'll, I'll i guess i or we or you will pick yeah on the, from yeah the we'll give
0: them we'll give them a couple of weeks and then you can swing by and go through the comments and award that prize so leave a comment under this yeah. video yeah. and tell mike the number one reason that you are not executing a marketing funnel on your website right now um yeah. and uh mike will come by and uh, award that prize in a couple of weeks hey um Just before we wrap up, what's the number one piece of advice you would give any entrepreneur trying to build their own business? Uh,
1: Don't... don't, Yeah, it would be that thing of don't be the person who exchanges time for money. Uh, Understand that what you do might be brilliant, but you're actually probably not the best at it. You're not as good as you think you are. You're not as perfectionist as you think you are. There are people out there who can do what you do and help them do it for you and remove yourself as that choking point. It was like a it sounds really, really like American salesy, but I couldn't believe the income of money that came my way. As soon as I stopped doing stuff, Mm. it was unreal. Like Mm. I I helped other people do it. And all of a sudden I was like, this is mental. I've now got three of me. Mm. Uh, Yeah. That, that would be it. Really work hard at shifting your mentality from being the person who executes to being the person who helps set it up in the first place.
0: Good advice. Um, Hey, where can, people, uh, where can people reach out and say hi to you online? Uh,
1: at the moment, Twitter is like my favourite thing in the world. So, at Mike underscore Killen. I'm a big fan of Twitter and I'm always kind of on that and stuff. Cool. Um, but you can email me at michael at sellyourservice.co.uk. uk, um, cool. And, of course, the members can tag me in the Facebook group.
0: Yeah, yeah, at WPLation. Like awesome. Yeah. Um, and finally, who would you like me to try and interview and why? Uh... So
1: okay, so it would either be—I uh, reckon you should go through the coaches personally, uh-huh. Christine yep. or That would be it. Or um, I really want to see you interview Ryan Dice. That's who. I, that's who. <laughs> okay. That's who I would. Who I would Perfect. want to be in. I would want to see Yeah, all right. Those.
0: I reckon I reckon I can twist Ryan's arm and convince him yeah. to uh, get on a call. Awesome. I haven't actually asked Ryan. I, I don't know why. It just it, it just kind of I just kind of haven't got him on the list yet, but um that's a yeah. good kick up the pants. So I'll definitely reach out to Ryan. Ryan Dice, I'm coming to get you courtesy of Mike Killen. Yeah. So keep your eyes on your inbox as they say. Hey um Thank you so much for being a part of the WP Elevation podcast, which is the most inconsistent podcast in the WordPress space these days. <laughs> it's all about but, quality most, over quantity, right? Yeah,
1: it is. Yeah, right. That's entirely it. That's exactly it, right?
0: <laughs> awesome. Good stuff. And um, uh, yeah, and I, I look forward to uh, working with you again in uh, more in the future in your capacity as our, our marketing consultant and a coach here at WP Elevation and wish you all the best for the future.
1: Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure being on, Troy. It's good working
0: with you as well. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Cheers, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the WP Elevation podcast and that interview with Mike Killen as much as I did. That was episode 107 of the WP Elevation podcast, of course brought to you by WP Elevation, the world's largest business community for WordPress consultants, we have an awesome six-week course called the WP Elevation Blueprint, which opens again the first week of October. So get on over to wpelevation.com and join the waiting list and be amongst the first to get notified when we open our doors. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Just go to wpelevation.com iTunes, and that will take you to the right link where you can subscribe to the podcast And please leave us an honest rating and review. We love to hear your feedback and we'd love to know how we can improve the podcast in the future. Tell us who you want us to interview, and we will do our best to track them down. Uh, For all the show notes and links and resources for this particular episode, you can go to wpelevation.com/slash Mike Killen. That's M-I-K-E-K-I-L-L-E-N. And that will take you to the show notes for this particular episode. And again, Leave your comment underneath the video on the website and tell Mike the number one thing from holding you back from uh, executing a marketing funnel on your WordPress website and he'll swing by in a couple of weeks. Go through the comments and award the prize of that Code & Quill notebook and that fabulous book, uh, .com Secrets by Russell Brunson. Please leave us a comment and tell us who you want to see interviewed next on the podcast. Um, I'm going not going to tell you who's coming up next. It's going to be a surprise. So make sure you subscribe, get the podcast fed to you via your favorite podcatcher. Mine, by the way, is Instacast. I love Instacast on the iPhone. So make sure you subscribe so that you get the next episode streamed directly to your podcatcher. And until I talk to you next time, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate.